Okay, thanks for everybody coming today. And uh, we'll have the verses up here, but if you got your Bible and want to turn to Acts chapter 26 for our lesson today. We're talking about eight biblical ways to win souls for Jesus. And uh, today we're talking about do our part and let God do his part. Uh, sometimes we think that the soul winning is up to us, but we just do what God tells us to do, and then he does his part, and thank the Lord for, uh, we've seen that this week, and all of us experience that in our own life, we see it in other lives. <coughs> uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus told us to go preach the gospel to every creature, but we can't save anyone. <coughs> We're just to go preach the gospel and share the, <coughs> share the gospel with them. As I've already said in this class and other times, it's uh, not fair for somebody to hear the gospel twice when there's those who've never heard it the first time. And then uh, it's certainly not right for someone to go to hell without ever having a Christian share the gospel with them. And we can't win everybody, but we're, we're to share the gospel with everyone so they can have an opportunity to to receive the Lord. And that familiar scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 9. I won't take time to read it all, but it's up there. You can read it. But the Bible says we're co-laborers with God. God, we do our part. God does his part. I told some a couple of young ladies last night that prayed the sinner's prayer with me. I said, uh, matter of fact, it was a mother and a daughter. I said, uh, God could save you without you asking him to, but God doesn't force anybody to get saved. Jesus could save people without using me. He didn't have to say, go preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible says the rocks could cry out and do that. But God gave us the privilege to do that. That's part of his plan. He's not going to change his plan. <laughs> uh, he's not going to change his plan and let anybody in heaven without Jesus. That's God's plan. It's not going to happen, no matter what other people think. He's, he's no respecter of persons, he's no respecter of religions, and he's not going to change his plan about people must hear the gospel in order to call on the Lord. That's God's plan. He's not going to change that. That messes with our psychic, <coughs> that messes with our philosophy, uh, but uh, uh, God's not going to change his mind. He planned it that way, his son died, his son gave his blood, it's all about Jesus, and people must receive Jesus. So we're co-laborers in that. We get to have a part in that. We get to do the most precious, wonderful thing in the world. And that's help people to know God. Help pe lead people to God. Win people to God. And I have so many illustrations and things in my mind. But uh, this week, uh, I've got to practice what it means to win a soul to the Lord. <laughs> Last night, Chris Alvarez and I talked to a lady for... And her family, her family would have gotten saved earlier, but this lady just wanted to keep talking and, and stating her point. So it took a half hour just to get through her so that we could get to the plan of salvation. So when we left that house, I felt like I was in a battle. I won. <laughs> we won them to the Lord. We, we went in the battle. Sometimes you just pick them. They're just there for the picking. We talked about that last week with uh, Philip, he just got to go, the Lord had the eunuch prepared, and Philip just went there and, and got the 
had one of the most easiest soul winning experiences there is. God sent him there. The eunuch invited him up in the chariot. The eunuch was reading the Bible. He was reading about Jesus. <clears throat> what more could you ask? Uh, so then Philip just got to lead him to, lead him to the Lord. So anyway, that's what our lesson is about today. In the introduction, Paul, the Apostle Paul, <clears throat> went from Pharisee to persecutor to preacher. But God used it all to make the greatest soul winner this world has ever known. Or at least the greatest soul winner that we know anything about. So God put all this together. A Pharisee who hated Jesus, we'll see in our lesson. And he persecuted Christians. And then he became a great preacher, a great soul winner. And in the notes there I have what we already know. Only God could do that. <laughs> Only God could take someone like that and make the Apostle Paul out of them. And sorry to be redundant, but the, every soul winner, I think, could use this tip. When I, when I talk to the baddest person in town, the person who just, so they're cursing, they're an atheist, I tell them, you'd make a good Christian, because some of the best Christians I know were just like you. And sometimes I can use my own self, for example. I used to think just like you, act just like you. I talked to a punk this week. <coughs> He's a nice kid, but just an 18-year-old punk. And <coughs> it just reminded me of me. So I, was, I didn't mind preaching to myself at all. So like the mercy me says, dear younger me. So that was a younger me. <coughs> and uh, so anyway, he had his, had his thoughts, but at least I got to talk to him. Okay, so there's some great truths. So many. This, uh, this discourse, there's two places we could look at this discourse where Paul got saved. And that is Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 26. But I'm using Acts 26 because it's literally the Apostle Paul's own personal testimony. Acts 9, the Holy Spirit uh, inspired Luke to write about Paul getting saved. But in Acts 26, Paul's actually giving his testimony love this portion of scripture it's one of my favorite places to teach from preach from places to read but paul's at the end of his life he's been faithful preaching about jesus they've tried to kill him they've tried to jail him they've tried to get rid of him and now he's standing before the political and religious leaders his life is on this his life is at stake and uh, what does paul do he preaches jesus to them and uh, so, what a great lesson we have here. Well, today we're talking about God doing His part and us doing our part. And it's amazing what God can do with our little bit. Like the, like the old hymn says, little is much when God is in it. It's amazing what God can do when we, when we do our part and do something. So, first thing we see that was Paul was exposed to the Word of God. And I'll, I'll read those for the sake of getting some scriptures in our mind. And we could, but of course, they're up there. 26, verse 4 and 5. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. 
So Paul was exposed to the Word of God. From a child, he was exposed to the, to the Word of God. He was a Pharisee. We'll see in, in the next points that he, he knew the Bible, he knew the Old Testament, he knew the Scriptures. But as we pointed out before, you can know the Scriptures and be blind to the Scriptures at the same time. You can, you can study the Scriptures and be blind to the Scriptures. And if you don't believe that, go soul winning with me. <laughs> and talk to the religious people. Talk to the people who go to church. Talk to the people who preach the Bible, teach the Bible. Uh, the, the same book that they study, that they get paid to teach. Most of them deny the same book they get paid to teach. That's what a liberal does, by the way. A liberal gets paid to deny the book that he gets paid to teach. That's about the most ornery, deceiving person there is that would do that. But anyway, religious people are blind. I mean, they'll quote scripture. They'll die quoting scripture. They'll die before they change their mind. But they're blind to the truth. Paul was that perfect example. We see that in the apostles. Nobody could have matched Paul in, in quoting the scripture. <laughs> He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he says in another place. <clears throat> he was the strictest of the Pharisees. I mean, he was, a, you, you, could, you would not have wanted a debate with Apostle Paul, but yet he was wrong. He was totally wrong. He totally missed all those great scriptures of the, of the Bible. And so we see he was ed educated in the scripture. Secondly, he heard the promises of God in verse number six. He's giving his testimony to Felix, Festus, Agrippa, he said, I, he said, I knew the promises of God. He read those promises. And uh, imagine when Paul, we'll talk about it in a moment, imagine when Paul got saved. And by the way, all this, it was like all this hit him at one time. When Jesus came into his life, it was like, wow, now I get it. <laughs> wow, now I know what that verse was about that I used to teach in the synagogue. Could you imagine that? Uh, I didn't have that privilege. I'd never held a Bible until I was 24. Talk about that in a moment. I wasn't raised. I didn't know any scripture. So everything was new to me. But imagine somebody, maybe some of you in this room were like that. We'd like to hear a testimony, but just not right now. Maybe you were raised in church. And then one day it hit you. <laughs> and you realize that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Lord. I do need to repent and ask Jesus in my heart. So you see that in this Apostle Paul's life. He read all those promises. He read in the Old Testament that Jesus would die and raise from the grave. <laughs> He's quoting these scriptures. And <clears throat> we don't take time to read them, but Paul's knew Psalm 22, where yes. 700 years before Jesus was born, Jesus was crucified. They nailed him to a cross. He, uh, he begged for a drink of water. He looked at his bones and he could see his bones. Paul read those. He taught about those. Isaiah 53, Paul knew about that scripture. Jesus would die. And Psalm 16, that he would die and raise from the grave. And Paul's saying, he's defending himself. He said, uh, why, why are you so shocked that one would rise from the grave? I read those promises that Jesus would come and rise from the grave. I read those promises that the hell could not hold him, as, as we talked about in, in Peter's life. So. He read those Old Testament promises. So, so many more we could talk about. By the way, every Christian, take these notes. And those of you who've been paying attention, uh, 
you've seen that this is more than just soul winning lessons. I mean, we've covered some things that you probably never hear in another setting than we've covered in, in these first uh, four weeks, including today. But take these scriptures, know them. Know Psalm 22, know Psalm 16, know Isaiah 53. As we talked about, that's what Philip used uh, to lead the eunuch to the Lord. Great scripture for, for Jews. Um, all these great promises, Paul, Paul knew them. And though he didn't understand the scriptures, God would illuminate him. That's what happened when God uh, appeared to him. I like verse number 9 of Acts 26. Verily I thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. Paul said, I, I, I like you. I hated this Jesus. I like you. I wanted to get rid of this Jesus. I like you. I denied this Jesus. He, and then he, but he says, I was on my way to persecute some more Christians. And God spoke to me. I was illuminated. I saw the light, like the old song said. And Paul was the first one that gave us that song. I saw the light, I saw the light. Paul saw that light. He was, <laughs> he was illuminated. And, and there's a lot of things that went on here. I believe that the Holy Spirit didn't give us all the details. So, and when we get to heaven, maybe we'll find all, all the details that went on here. But Paul was illuminated. He saw the light. And so <coughs> I'll say something else about this in, in just a moment, but I put a note here. This is why it's so important to expose people to the Word of God, because Paul was exposed to the Word of God. That's what brought him to this point. And uh, we, we could talk about all the people that exposed him to the, to the Word of God. Give a Bible. Give a Bible to someone. Uh, I I could tell, there's many here who could tell, especially anybody here who works with the Gideons, but it's exciting. I've traveled all over the world, and it's exciting to go into a place where there's a Gideon Bible in the drawers. There's a, the hotel's got a Gideon Bible. When we, when we went to youth camp, I stayed at a little motel uh, about 10 miles from the youth camp. It was owned by some people from Pakistan, and the uh, uh, but thank God, when I opened the drawer, there was a Gideon Bible there. I, I put a tract in there, and uh, I, yeah, I don't have time, but I could, I could spend the next five hours telling you stories about people who found the Bible and read the Bible, and they got saved. And they, nobody, nobody preached to them. <laughs> nobody, uh, Mike Robert didn't go say, pray the sinner's prayer to them. They picked up the Word of God, and God did what He did the Apostle Paul. He illuminated them. He's, he spoke to them. So give the Bible. Paul said to Timothy, preach the Word. Preach the Word. Again, that's why we need to know the Word. Uh, I believe in carrying the Bible. Uh, those who go so with me usually know I put my Bible back here, my concealed weapon, but yeah. <laughs> I, I take my... Bible with me, but I'm glad if they put me in prison tomorrow, I'm glad I can quote verses, I'm glad I can share the gospel, I'm glad I can preach the sermon without the Bible, uh, so we need to expose people to the Word of God, and need to give tracts out, thank God for tracts, we have uh, 
We have something that the New Testament church never had. We have the gospel in print. We have tracks. So many stories I could tell about tracks. Thousands of stories I could tell about tracks. In fact, most of the people I lead to the Lord and uh, give some of those stories uh, even this week, but most people I lead to the Lord, it was because I was out passing out a track. It was because I gave them a track. So there's power in that. And I remember I shared about my wife's testimony at youth camp. But when, my, when we first got saved and my wife <coughs> got a track, we'd never... We didn't go to a soul winning church. We never heard anything like I'm teaching. But uh, she said, I can do that. So she ordered tracks. That was almost 50 years ago. And uh, she's probably passed out more tracks than anybody I know. That's for sure. How's she doing today? She's doing good, thank you. She passed out. She gave, this week she gave 350 people personally a track th this week. Amazing. She led the uh, co-owner of the tattoo shop to the Lord this week. <laughs> a couple months ago, she led the other co-owner of the tattoo shop to the Lord. So she, if, she, if she saw someone like our friend Aaron walking down the street, she'd say, I love your ink. <laughs> I, I love your art. <laughs> and then she'd give him a tract and talk to him about, talk to him about Jesus. But thank God for tracts. And uh, so many stories, so many stories. People, <clears throat> the, the first lady I baptized in the church we started almost 40 years ago uh, and just did what we're doing here. Uh, her husband ended up becoming my assistant pastor. The church has only had two pastors, myself and him, over these 40 years. Uh, Yvette and Marina, because uh, of tracks, so many, so many stories. Uh, this week, Maggie and Julie and I led four people to the Lord because we were out passing out tracks. Uh, Thursday night, Pastor Tim and I led a lady to the Lord because we were out passing out tracks. Last night, Chris Alvarez, Miguel, and Caroline and I led 16 people to the Lord because we were out <laughs> passing out tracks. I think that was a record for, for one night other than Muslim night. Just out passing out tracks, telling people about Jesus. It works. There's power in the Bible. There's power in tracks, and God will use it. Speaking of Marina, about a year ago, Mac Powell came out with a new CD, and Marina texted me and said, this song, 1991, reminds me of you, of me. And uh, even though I didn't get saved in 1991, it was 1974, and I, I didn't get saved when I was 18, it was 24, but anyway, we're going to play this song. And a little fun thing to do at the end of this song, when he says the date that he got saved, April, certain day, 1991, April, when is it? 21st. April 21st, 1991. When we get to the end of the song, with, if you want to participate, do a little fun. <clears throat> uh, say when you got saved. Okay, Just say it. You can say it out loud or say it with you. But at the end of the song, I'm going to say uh, 1974. I could say March 1974. So if you know the day you got saved, or the month, or the year, um, you'll, you'll see at the end of the song, he'll repeat it several times. You just say, you just call out your date. I was born 
Christmas Day in 72 And from that day on I did whatever I wanted to Running from God, breaking mama's heart Dying each day, living too hard It's a miracle that I ever made it through That you had a date to call out. If the, if you didn't, make it today. Amen. Say so, uh, August the sixth, two thousand twenty-three. That's all right. Eighty-five. All right. Awesome. One more uh, thing about tracks. <coughs> Years ago, when Linda and I were in Mumbai, and of course that was our <coughs> thing, passing out tracks. Some of you who old timers have heard me say this before. But they showed a, a video, YouTube video, 
of a shop owner on George Street in, Aust in the Sydney, Australia. Anybody ever seen that? I don't know if it's still on the YouTube or not. We had this shop owner every day. He would, he would stand in front of his store and pass out tracks. You've probably heard that. And one of the people he <coughs> focused on was our Navy personnel that was stationed there. So he'd pass out tracks every day. And so through the years, research was done about these tracks that he passed out. And so many stories. I have the, the CD at home from, the, from that. But anyway, check it out. I don't know if it's still available. It's the George Street So Winning from Sydney, Australia. But from that, uh, one of those sailors became a chaplain. One of them became a missionary to India. And just stories like that. And they, all those who got a track from him, this is, there's thousands who got tracks that we don't know their stories. But they... We were able to contact so many of these, and they all gave testimony. When they all gave testimony, it ended up over 200,000 people that were saved as a result of an old man standing in front of his store on George Street in Sydney, Australia, passing out tracks. <laughs> don't tell me tracks don't work. Uh, I, I uh, went to buy a new shirt. This is a brand new shirt. <coughs> Took a an hour to iron out the crazy wrinkles I don't know, last night. I thought, you look great. <laughs> thank you. But uh, it's hard to find shirts that's got pockets now. All the polo shirts, they quit making with pockets. And I refuse to buy a shirt without pockets <laughs> because uh, every person needs to have a track in their pocket or in their purse. And <laughs> Don't mean to get preachy, <laughs> but I can tell you how serious you are if you got a tract on you or not. So, anyway, that's too preachy right there. But, <laughs> but the point is, let's pass out tracts. <laughs> Give out tracts. <laughs> so if you got a purse, put a tract in it. If you got a pocket, put a if you got a, put it in your back pocket. If you're jogging, stick it in your waistband. <laughs> we can all get a tract, and we can all pass out a tract to somebody. Next week. We're going to have tracks. And by the way, this week is Mission Week coming up. Yes. And so I usually preach to the college and career kids as I did past this Tuesday. So I'm preaching to us today. Uh, if you signed up to go soul winning with me, I may have more people signed up than days to go. This would be a good week to come out. You may not get to go with me personally, but I'll make sure you get teamed up with somebody who knows how to win a soul to the Lord. So this would be a great week to come out and get out of our comfort zone, pass out a track, uh, and share the gospel with, with, a, with a Muslim. Tuesday night, we're going to do that Muslim, and Wednesday night, Pastor Luke will be talking about all this, but Wednesday night, we call it family night because we're going to go to the park, invite families to come for games and prizes, giving away bicycles, back to school stuff, and then we'll have some music and preach a sermon as one of our... Yeah, great nights last year when we did that. So anyway, have a part in, in that. Okay, secondly, Paul's past prepared him for God's plan. All these things in Paul's life we talked about, a Pharisee, a persecutor, a preacher. Those were, God used all that as God's plan. And I made a note here 
Paul even said it himself in Romans 6, should we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So I put it as never God's will for one to have a sinful past. But God will use our past for his glory. And there's exceptions to every rule. And I could be wrong. This is not scripture. It's just my observation and opinion. You can do with it whatever you want. <clears throat> but after 49 years of trying to win souls, it's my observation. There's two main people that God uses to be soul winners. Soul winners are weird people. You've got to be a little, little weird to be a soul winner. <coughs> uh, but <coughs> the first one is somebody who God has radically changed their life. <coughs> Many great soul winners are, like I said, like they were the worst, they were the bad, they were, had sinful past, <coughs> and they, God radically changed their life. Many times it's those people who <coughs> realize that people need the Lord. And the second group is somebody who got saved when they were young and never went out in the world. Those are the two most people that God uses to, to win souls. There's young people who got on fire when they were young and stayed on fire. And people who got saved out of a wicked past and God radically changed that. In my observation, those are the two groups of people that are consistent. So it doesn't mean there's... Anybody in between people in this room, you don't fit either, either of those categories, but you're, you have a burden for soul. But anyway, God uses our past is the, is the, is the point. <clears throat> Thank God that he does. <clears throat> yeah, yes, that lady I was telling you about, she was just adamant <clears throat> that nobody could call on Jesus to save them when they were dying. She said, you just can't live like you want to, and then at the end of your life... <clears throat> Call on Jesus to, yeah. to say it. <laughs> and uh, I can understand where she was coming from. I covered the bases. Well, you know, if you've got Jesus in your heart, you won't want to do those things. You know, we all know the answer to that. But the truth is, thank God you can do that. <laughs> the truth is, thank God you can live a wicked life as there possibly be. And when you're dying, you can call upon Jesus. And you, you know, there, there, there are those who perhaps... <clears throat> trying to fool God, but God knows if we're sincere. Amen. And so in our lessons, we've talked about Jesus, who is the perfect son of God. We've talked about his soul winning tips. But we also talked about a woman who'd been married and divorced five times, or she killed all five of her husbands. <laughs> you've, heard, you, you've heard me say that before. We say she was married and divorced, but we don't know she was married, but we don't know if she got divorced or killed her husband. <laughs> And she was living in adultery, and she went out and led a whole city to Jesus. And uh, then we talked about the apostle Peter, who was the cowardly, Christ-denying disciple. And God gave him another chance, and he preached on the day of Pentecost and led 3,000 people to the Lord. And today we're talking about the apostle Paul, who hated Jesus, hated Christians, and became the greatest soul winner that we know so thank god for his mercy amen thank god he uses he uses people who've lived a good life none of us are good but he lived people lived a good life and he used people who we've messed up our life but we gave it to jesus and he can do something with it i may not be able ever to be a tim pollock but i can be a mike robinette amen i may not be like luke pollock who 
I've known him since he was a baby. He's been serving the Lord since he's a baby, I believe. <laughs> I remember him doing, heading up park ministries when he was just a, a little boy. Uh, so I'm, I'll not, I, don't, I don't have opportunities to do that. But I have an opportunity to be a Mike Robinette and say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, and, and God uh, can use me. God can use you. So, so thank God for God took Paul, put all this all his messy ingredients together and came out with something, something good. So we see he despised the name of Jesus in verse number 9. He literally despised Jesus. I've met people this week who despise Jesus. I've talked to people since I've been in California who despise Jesus. Seems like there's more Jesus despisers in California than any place I go. Anyway, <coughs> he persecuted Christians to death in Acts 26, verse 10 through persecuted them to death you know we wonder we may not get a chance to get to the verse but we wonder why paul said in first timothy one his great testimony there he said i'm the chiefest of sinners christ jesus came to the world to save sinners whom i am the chief you know we could debate that because there's certainly been some <coughs> wicked wicked people in this world but i i can understand a little bit where paul's coming from because sometimes i feel like i'm the chiefest of sinners but but can imagine Paul, he had Christians killed. I mean, you can read it, you read it here, it's all right there when you talk about it. But Paul went to, he went, he went to the Christian homes, he tore families apart, he had moms and dads murdered, murdered. Uh, it was his job to go find them and bring them back and have them murdered and killed. How would you like to have that on your guilt list? <laughs> How would you like to have that on your guilt trip? Uh, I got enough on my plate, that's for sure. So no wonder Paul would say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And so, but again, the grace of God. He experienced that grace and that he would preach. And it's a wonderful thing to preach the gospel, but the, it really works good when you've experienced the gospel. It really works when you can share the gospel. And so thank God that, this week, if I've been out, I could talk to people, tell them, because I experienced. And, you know, I don't always tell my testimony. Last night, I didn't give my sordid testimony one time. There was no need. I just preached the gospel to people. But as I'm talking to them, in my mind, I'm thinking, you don't know who's talking to you. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. You don't know what God could do for you. If you ask Jesus, I didn't have to tell them that, but in my mind, I knew, I knew it. So Paul, Paul experienced that. His great testimony in 1 Timothy 1, as I just read about, he said, I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, but I found mercy, God gave me grace. And uh, I, I've experienced that, that grace. And then lastly and thirdly, Paul heard from Jesus personally. He heard from Jesus personally. Again, there's not the exact way that everybody hears. I understand this is an exceptional thing. Jesus appears to Paul in a, in a, a uh, illuminating light. He speaks to Paul. But uh, thank God that people can hear from Jesus. Thank God that there's people last night that we gave a track, that Muslim guy gave a track to. Who knows what the Lord's going to do with that? That person we shared the gospel with, who knows what the Lord's going to do with that. 
that person that we gave the Bible to, who knows what the Lord's going to do with that. So God can speak to people. And Jesus got Paul's attention. Thank God Jesus knows how to get people's attention. He can he can get people's attention in a car wreck. He can get people's attention by financial problems. He can get people's attention by the word cancer. He can get people's attention, attention so many ways. Uh, so thousands of illustrations we get. But, but Paul, God got Paul's attention. And he's an expert at getting people's attention. Amen. And, and that's in his mercy that he does that, by the way. In his mercy. And thank God that most of you ever heard my testimony. It was when I got drafted in the Army during Vietnam and got my orders to go to Vietnam that in this wicked mind, I at least started thinking about God. I started, God started putting the, the planting of the seed there about is there a heaven, is there a hell? I didn't act on it then, but it was, those, it was that moment that God got my attention. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus spoke to Paul directly, Acts 26, 14. This is a great doctrinal place right here to, to witness to people, and Muslims, Hindus, Jews, and Jehovah Witnesses. He spoke to people directly. And we don't have time to look at the other part of Paul's testimony, but I'll, I'll at least give the verse when we close here. But Jesus revealed himself to Paul. Paul's going along to persecute more Christians, and God speaks to Paul. <clears throat> and Jesus said, spoke in the Hebrew language. I can't prove this, but I believe that no matter what language Paul spoke, when Jesus spoke, he would have heard it in that language. <laughs> Jesus doesn't have to know every language. In the end, there are 1,600 languages. He doesn't have to know all those six. He just speaks, and everybody hears <laughs> in whatever language they speak. And when Jesus speaks, we hear him in English, amen? Or maybe you hear him in Spanish. But when Jesus spoke, Paul heard in the Hebrew. Why did Paul need to hear Jesus speak? Why did Paul need to hear Jesus speak in the Hebrew tongue? Because Paul thought he was serving the God of the Hebrews. And so when this God, he said, who are you, God? That's what he asked. Who are you, Lord? He's asking, I thought I knew you, God. Who are you? And this voice from heaven speaks in the Hebrew language. By the way, Jesus could have spoken English. He knew Arabic. He knew Greek. He knew Hebrew. But he chose to speak in Hebrew. And he said, I am Jesus whom you persecuted. And God, Paul said, God, who are you? Jesus said, I'm God. I am the I am. By the way, he used that that. Uh, uh, Old Testament name of God. He said, I am. I am Jesus whom you persecuted. <clears throat> that's all. That's probably the shortest soul winning uh, strategy that was ever used. <laughs> Paul just said, who are you? I'm Jesus whom you persecuted. And the next thing Paul did said, Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, that was, the, that was the shortest soul winning experience that ever took place. Uh, and that's all Paul needed to hear, amen? That's all we need to hear, really. It's not hard to be saved. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I've talked to people this week, just uh, so people that just 
just don't get it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <coughs> and let me give you one little thought here in closing. I had somebody keeps uh, curious about repenting. But notice verse number 20. Uh, <coughs> Paul said, this is what God called me to do. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem throughout all the coasts of Judea and to them, to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. <coughs> the works we do shows that we've repented. It's not repenting. <laughs> repenting is not doing good works. Repenting is not turning over a new leaf. Repenting is not giving up all your sin. That's the case. Nobody in this room is saved because you've not given up all your sin. Uh, repenting is turning to God, like Paul said, for salvation. And then we do works that show we repented. We do works that's evident that we've repented. So lastly, Paul confessed Jesus as Lord. In Acts chapter 9, verse 5 and 6, I just quoted. He said, Lord, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. And then Paul said, Lord, what would you have me to do? So Paul was the one who was inspired to write that great scripture, Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You confess with your mouth the Lord, and you believe in your heart that he rose, that he rose from the grave. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.